1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No necessary. Forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions website
2: for details. Hi, this is Gary Chalk, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network.
0: I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous...
2: This is Man at Arms, and you are listening to the Masters of Grayskull. Hello, this is
3: Optimus Solo, and welcome to the 123rd chapter in our Powers of Grayskull series. With me for this journey into the Masters of the Universe franchise is TFG1 Mike. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. I have uh, He-Man and Skeletor watching over us on this record, so I think that's apropos. We're...
4: and I have Funko Pop Prince Adam and Funko Pop Slime Pit He-Man watching over me, so, you know. It's
3: the first He-Man and Skeletor figure I've purchased in...
4: 40 years? No, it might be ever.
3: Because <laughs> 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 I'm sure those were purchased by somebody else to give to me when well, I
4: Well, of course, yes. Okay. And this it might
3: would... be the first ones I've ever bought. Well, no, I take that back. I bought a... I might have bought one off of eBay of the original series when I was doing my hero and villain mm. collection, which I need to bust right. back out and get displayed somewhere. But yeah, this is the new uh, new series origins. of yep. yeah, the Origins of He-Man. Um, there was a Prince Adam and a Skysled available. It was kind of expensive. There was also <laughs> a Battle Cat available, which was also kind of expensive. I, yes. just, I just sprung for just Skeletor and He-Man. They didn't have any of the other figures yet um yeah. and i don't know if i'll get any other ones or not I, they are decent figures they they are flexible you know they they pose well the the sword the power sword for um or the sword for skeletor and for Eman, they they both come with one mm-hmm. they're a little disappointing only because it's like half a sword because they're supposed to i assume mm-hmm. be able to be put
4: together yeah um, I think so. I'm probably most likely, since you're talking about this, I'm probably most likely going to post up Pixel Dan's uh, YouTube video about these figures, right? Uh, in in the show notes for this episode of Powers of Grey Skull. But yeah, I, I noticed that when I was watching his videos that um, uh, it's a half sword kind of thing, and I never liked that when it came to that
3: it just it, it would be fine if they would have designed the other half of the sword to at least look okay when it's apart. Yeah, but it looks like it's just like been cut in half. So, yeah. Um, but I do like that he came with his uh, axe as well and the shield and Skeletor obviously came with the havoc staff as well. And obviously they're more posable than the '80s version. So All I right. will, I dig them. They're fine and they're watching over us on this record. So there we go. Um, are you ready to tr- return to Eternia, sir?
4: Yes, for the final time. Well, at least in this iteration, because this is the last time we can call this. The Masters of Grayskull. That's because right. Because after this, we're done with the 2002 He-Man show. Yes, and in
3: this episode of Masters of Grayskull, we will be giving you our thoughts on the entire 2002 series as we wrap up this installment to the MOTU franchise. So we hope you're ready, because it's time one last time for now to go back to Eternia. That's right. It is time for the wrap-up of the 2002 MOTU series. The way we're going to do this, guys, is we have a couple different sections outlined. We're going to do a little bit of character talk where we discuss our favorite and either least favorite or most disappointing characters that we uh, observed or watched during this series. Um, we'll bounce back and forth on that a little bit And then we'll go into some episode talk Giving you guys our thoughts on what the best and worst Episodes are of the series In case you're just looking to check out a few episodes Oh my god, He-Man just did a nose dive um, Alright, and then after that We're going to give Skeletor you
4: Skeletor wins, I, yes! pushed
3: him off of a cliff, literally So we got some <laughs> live action going on with you guys today um, And then towards the end We're going to be giving you some, uh, some Of my statistics, like I always do So some trivia and statistics as far as the ratings go how mike and i fared on this series um (laughs) talk about the writers maybe a tiny bit and then just an overall um discussion of our final thoughts of the 2002 series and just some quick notes about the future of our podcast here so um are you ready mike of course all right well why don't you go ahead and start us off with your fifth favorite character if you have five did you have five yeah okay what's your number five
4: all right, fifth favorite character is Man at Arms. Okay, why? I first of all, it's Gary Flippin Chalk okay. as the voice I- of Man at Arms. I mean, I love what Alan Oppenheimer did with him in in, in the original series, but Man at Ar-
2: but Gary Chalk's Man at Arms voice, oh Prince Adam, should the forces of evil attack? What forces of evil? My father and the Defenders drove them away years ago.
4: Their history. Perhaps just love that. I love the care. I love the way the character. He, he, he wants to create battle plans, but he doesn't want to rush into everything. But then there are times where he does rush into things. Mm -hmm. I love that about him. I love his relationship with, with Tila and the sorceress and all of that history. I think that's great.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Uh, He's just a really, really fun character to watch in this. And I think it's, kind of depressing how he ends up in the, uh, in the comic hey. episode that we talked about yeah. last time.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I, that's a good one. I, I do like that because I do like Gary Chalk as this voice and I do like, if I was thinking more uh, when I was getting this episode ready together, I w- should have done a, uh, most improved over previous versions or most unimproved, I guess, over previous versions. Like <laughs> Because that's one man in arms is one that is definitely, I think better than, the original series. The Man-at-Arms in 2002, I would mm-hmm. take over the Man-at-Arms in Filmation. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the Filmation character, I just think we get a lot more of uh, in-depth of him in this series, we learn more about him, and uh, and I think it's just performed to a little bit more depth. So, um, I like that. For my number five, it's no surprise that this guy's going to make an appearance, even though he doesn't make a whole lot of appearances in the series. If he shows up in the series, though, he's going to be one of my favorites. So my number five is going to be Zodak. Um, hmm. I, I just love Zodak as a character. I could do without the chair. So that's that almost kept him <laughs> off my list, the, the Logan, uh chair that he has in this series. But he is still a badass. He's still one of the most powerful people in this franchise. Um, mm-hmm. and He does do some things that, uh, I mean, he kills freaking King Hiss. Like, yeah. At least for a temporary moment, but temporary um, moment, yeah. But I mean, he throws him off of Gray Skull like a like a freaking defeated piece of garbage, and uh, mm-hmm. for that alone, he should be on here. So I love Zodak. Um, he's only number five because let's face it, he doesn't get a whole lot of time or a whole lot of appearances, but he's still important to the series.
4: And he also gave what I feel is Prince Adam's best moment. Which one is in, in that finale? Oh, okay. He's like He-Man is obviously. I'll throw a clip in here somewhere, folks. But <laughs> He-Man is needed. Wait, you know? Could you at least turn around? Oh yeah, mm. right. that was a good moment. Fine, good moment. and then the and then the transfer uh, that that literally could go down as my favorite Prince Adam He-Man moment of the entire series. <laughs> done. Favorite moments too. It's right, okay. Well, what's your number four. Ah. <gasps>
1: Huh?
2: He-Man is needed. Uh, He-Man... You mean... You know?
0: Uh... Could you at least turn your back? Fine. By the power of Greyskull!
2: I have the power!
4: Uh, That would be... Okay, I'm gonna say this right now. My number four through number one, I kind of cheated a little bit, but okay, okay. you know, I'm just gonna give that out ahead of time. I already, I'm but, gonna I,
3: I'm gonna write down what your number four through one are real quick. All right, go ahead.
4: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Cringer slash Battlecat, obviously Cringer Battlecat, same same person, but kind of right. two different, very different characters. Up until that last moment <laughs> when you know Adam says, "You got a lot more Battlecat in you than you think," Cringer.
2: You've got more Battle Cat in you than you think,
4: Cringer. I just love the way they did Battle Cat and Cringer in this. Yes. I love that he doesn't talk. I love that he talks in Filmation. Because again, you gotta remember, two very different nineteen eighty-three to two thousand two. That's almost mm, twenty twenty something, thirty something years, whatever you want to call it. 20. Kind of thing. Whatever. You know, it, it's one of those things where two different eras, two very different reasonings, and almost every single animal in the 80s, 70s, and 80s talked. I mean, between right. Gleek and and all the, the snorks and the smurfs and the whatever, you had talking animals out the butt. So while I absolutely love Cringer from the original series, Cringer and Battlecat in this, they were so much more. I don't want to say timid for Cringer, but so much more cat-like for Cringer and so much more almost lion-like for Battle Cat. Like, I would not want to come to face-to-face with this Battle Cat when he was mad.
3: I'm going to keep that clip of uh, talking animals out the butt. It's um, yes. gonna be used Just at some stop point. It. Also, I'm not sure if snorks and smurfs are animals. I don't know what they are, but uh I get your point regardless, and I agree.
4: Snorks that- are fish-like people,
3: <laughs> and smurfs are little blue-like humans. I don't even know what they well, are—mushrooms. Like I don't know. I
4: mean, anyway.
3: But I agree. Battle Cat and Cringer are, are definitely good characters in this series as well. My number five and my number four are kind of not cheats, but they're kind of weird because they're not huge characters in the series. My one through three will be like your main some of your main people. But for yeah. my number four, just because I loved the fact that this character appeared at all. And I was so st- stoked and so excited the very first time I watched this series to see more of this character, even though we don't ever get to. So my number four is Hordak. Um, I just think that this version of Hordak had the potential to be so awesome.
1: Beware, a graver danger.
3: Way better than the version that we end up getting in She-Ra. Nothing against that character, but he, he, what they did with She-Ra is similar to what they did with He-Man in Filmation, and they were making Hordak more of a comedic character and I like that in this series he was coming across more as like the ultimate evil character and very mm-hmm. um, very able to do a lot of things that other villains that they've come across have not done and the whole hierarchy with him and Skeletor and King Hiss etc so I was just really looking forward to see more of that that version of that character so even though we didn't get to see much besides a flashback and a brief appearance Eternia i like almost like a cameo I still got to put Hordak in here So he's my number four Awesome What's your number three?
4: Randor and Marlena The okay, king right. and queen Because you cannot have the king without the queen And they are good in this series I agree. They are amazing in this series Because they're used more mm-hmm. Now that the council of elders is no more Where is the power of Eternia?
2: I told you. I don't know. But if I did, I would reveal nothing. Perhaps a little not-so-gentle persuasion
0: is in order. Say hello,
2: Panthal.
1: Randor, King Torius has agreed to our terms and signed the agreement.
2: So soon? Your diplomatic skills put my own to shame, Marlena. Now hurry home. Your king misses you.
1: And your queen misses her king. Tell Adam I'm flying over the corridors of Lithos. When he was a child, we'd often come here with Cringer to explore the caves.
4: Out of, like, we've been doing this a decade, folks. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously, this podcast has been going on since 2011. And I honestly don't remember a lot of Tales of Eternia. I don't remember a lot of us praise. I'm sure we did. I don't remember a lot episode,
3: of us. There was the one episode where we get the Earth connection with, the Queen, right, Marlena. with Queen
4: Marlena. Was yeah, was a really background. Yeah, I mean, but overall, even just having them as characters in the story kind of thing, mm-hmm. normally they're off doing royal duties or they're just sitting right. on their thrones while He-Man and Skeletor are fighting whatever else. That's the one thing I love about this series. It is so story and continuity driven. Oh, I love it. And Randor has his moments, Marlena has her moments, they have moments together and it just makes them such great characters in this. Right.
3: Um, I agree. I think that they're much better used and more utilized in this series as well. They would be on the short list of most improved over filmation versions if I were making a list of that, which maybe one day I'll do. Um, right.
2: for my number 3 character,
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: I'm going to stick with the evilness uh, on my mm-hmm. here. I'm going to go from Hordak on number four to... I believe I'm going to gag. Other uh, than Skeletor at number three. He could have be almost been higher. But, man, Skeletor is just hilarious in this series. Um, and I guess the difference between... Between this and filmation, one of the main differences is in filmation over the course of obviously a lot more episodes than we got here, it almost became a got to a point where Skeletor was redundant like it, it got to the point where we've already they've already done everything they're going to do they're not going to give us much more depth or character for him, so he just became like the same character every episode type thing mm-hmm. And here I'm left at the end actually wanting more because of how little they utilize Skeletor in the second season. Yeah, uh, like half of this series, like I really wish he would have been more of a character because I really enjoyed him over the course of the first season. He seemed like he was a little bit more evil. He was still funny. Don't touch.
4: But not in a belittling way. Not it's in more a- of a it's not an over the top kind of way. It's more of a it's more subtle humor because right. the story drives his character. Well and they did they did him
3: they they made him funny at the expense of other characters and not at the expense of his own character. So right. it's not like he became cheesy and over the top and somebody you were just throwing to the side because he's pathetic. Like he still held on to the powerful, the evil, the sinister aspects of his character while being funny at the expense of other characters. So I prefer that versus him just being a joke himself, I'm not saying he was a complete joke in the filmation series, but it was more towards the comedic character side than what they yeah. they found a good balance in this series, and that's what I really appreciated.
4: I wish he would I have think been the more in different. Two. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wish he was more in season two as well. I think the difference.
0: I must find that robotic light bulb before he gets the secret for himself. Hurry, Skeletor! Hurry! I am hurrying! I'm hurrying! Revenge is like Jafari stool. It tastes
2: best when served cold. All you will taste is the bitterness of defeat, Keldor. I think not.
4: And the name is Skeletor. Is, and I'm just going to say it right now. Skeletor slash Keldor again, me kind of it's they're the same character, but right. it's still cheating. It's two character names. He's my number two. So I'm just okay. going to go right into it. Um, the difference is between 2002 and Filmation is that they were not, I did not feel like they, this is not a cartoon I would show your, your, newborn daughter. Mm -hmm. When your newborn daughter gets to the age that we were in 84-85, I would not show this to her. Because the 2002 series was for those of us who did grow up with this. Those of us who knew Skeletor as the bumbling fool. And Mm -hmm. no, I know I can't do a Skeletor. But it's... uh, (laughs) But it's one of those things where... Yeah, but that's the thing. It's... (laughs) Hey, shut up. Uh, (laughs) Um... Um, that's the thing though, that the traits here are much more subtle. And like you said, he's not, he's not the butt of the joke. Everybody else is when he wants to be funny, but when he gets sinister, I wish we had a little bit more Keldor. I wish we had a little bit more of the origin there. I know we had the beginning three-parter and that was a great three-part story to start this off, Mm -hmm. but I just wish that that transformation from from Keldor to Skeletor was a little bit... This is why I love the DC comics. All those comics that Adas Baron and I have covered over on the pull bag, this is why I love those, because you get so much more character out of the Motu characters. But Skeletor is still easily my number two, because he he is just that awesome in this series. Yeah, obviously I agree. (laughs) Um, for
3: my number two I'm going to go to a character that's not going to be on your list um, and a little bit maybe more off the beaten path but still a main character in this series and again the reason I'm putting her in this uh, spot is because of again how much I believe that it has improved over previous versions and that would be the guardian of Castle Greyskull herself I'm going to go with the sorceress at number two I just think
1: well okay I admit it looks kind of like me How old is this carving?
2: Seventeen seasons of the field.
1: Well, there you go. I wasn't even born. I'm only (laughs) sixteen.
2: A sorceress can appear as any age she pleases.
1: (laughs) Well, trust me. I'm no sorceress. Manitons, come to Grayskull at once. What I am about to recount, no mortal has ever been told. It was many years ago. The isolation of these walls had become too much for me to bear. I longed to walk amongst Eternians, to hear the laughter of children. Skeletor's evil had not yet infected the land. The power of the Elders was secure within the Crystal Chamber. The villagers were welcoming and generous, offering me food to eat and a place to sleep. There were simple pleasures to be had. For the first time in as long as I could remember, I felt... at peace. But the peace was shattered when an evil warlord by the name of Kravitz attacked the village. The villagers tried to defend themselves, but a young boy had informed the Warlord of where the weapons were kept.
0: You see that? Easy target, just like Oedipus told ya! Oedipus is a big help! Can Oedipus join up?
1: <laughs> Though much of my power had been left behind in Grayskull. I summoned
3: what power I could. They explore her power, her backstory, her, you know, the history and origin of her character. But then she gets to do so much more. Um, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, she gets infected by King Hiss and is a little bit, uh, you know, uh, not able to perform up to the top of her level or her abilities. But again, that would that was for a reason, because if she wasn't infected, she could have just, you know been a badass and made, made things how they are. But, um, I just, I just think they used her so well. I like the, the relationship that she has in this series with, um, Adam slash He-Man. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I just think the, I like the design of the character better than the filmation one. Uh, I probably like the voice acting a little bit better. Um, not to take anything away from, from Linda Gary. Um I just like the character overall better and I think she made a very strong presence in this series. So sorceress yeah. is my number two.
4: And her best <laughs> her best motherly scolding was Zodak <laughs> when she yelled at him to wake his ass up.
3: Right. Um, so that's my number two. You already gave your number two, so it's down to our number ones. I have a guess what yours is, but I'll let you reveal it. Go ahead.
4: It is none other than again, and I'm cheating, so I'm I, I fully understand. I'm, I'm glad
3: you did what you did though, because at first I thought you were going to do something different, and I'm glad you didn't. So go ahead.
4: Well, you might be surprised because I'm putting both He Man and King Gray Skull. Oh, as I my number one, He Man and Adam.
1: No mortal has entered this chamber in an eon. That's the guy in my dreams. Looks like He Man, but but different. Your ancestor. King Grayskull.
3: I nope. thought for a second what you were going to do is you were going to say that uh, Battlecat was your number four, Cringer was your number three, Adam was <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Was your number
4: one. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, right. He Man and King Grayskull. I absolutely that's love. That's I, I, cheap, love I like it. I love Prince Adam. I really. Right. I love the learning he goes through in the series. However, He Man was. Except for one, that one moment that I mentioned, I think, in episode 121 of the podcast, where I felt that he could have been a little smarter dealing with Hiss and figuring all of that out. Other than that one moment, overall, I loved He-Man this entire series. And King Grayskull is his ancestor, and it's just as awesome.
2: There was a King Grayskull, So that means this castle was once
1: his. The very seat of his kingdom.
2: When my sword was lost in battle with the snake men, I had hoped it was a sign that a time of peace was upon us.
1: Sadly, my king, that time has not yet come. Even now the forces of evil are clashing. One will emerge victorious. And then the true battle for Eternia will be upon us.
2: Though I yearn for nothing more than an Eternia free of bloodshed, if battle I must, then battle I will. I
3: like that. I think that's a clever way to, to sneak King Grayskull in here. So uh, he was like the the OG. So mm-hmm. I like that. Very good. Um, my number one. Most people might be surprised that this is going to be my number one character, but I just think there's a whole lot of depth to this character. And yes, I'm going to actually stay with another female character. Um, before your head breaks, it's not Tila. I'm going with my number one character as actually another evil character i'm going with evil lyn uh, oh wow yeah i just yeah. i just think like she she's so smart in this series she's so conniving she's manipulative she is and i'll get this more in a, into this more in a second but outside of skeletor obviously she is the most prominent evil warrior that we get yeah but but she's also smart enough to somewhat form alliances with um the Snake Men, so that she's around for that and trying to play off of that. She even has, you know, fl- flirtations with, you know, Hordak in a way of being aligned with him. All these different things. Like, Skeletor disappears for most of the second half of this series, and evil Lynn remains. And it's like the one yeah. thing that's tying that evil warrior presence to this whole series so i just i like her character i like the look of her character i like the the performance of it i i just we get a little bit more of her backstory in one of the better episodes of the series where we get to see a little bit more of her history um which we never got in filmation so i was a huge fan i think this is again one of the ones that's probably most improved over the filmation version because in filmation she was just another one of the the you know evil warriors kind of on their same level she had a little bit more power and maybe a little bit more smarts than like a beast man but she wasn't much above them and in yeah. this series she was elevated quite a quite a bit above oh
2: above yeah
4: her. i mean she had bitch slapped once yeah i mean she has the single greatest evil villain story out of the i mean outside of like keldor and and, and all that but like mm-hmm finally we get a, an origin for for evil Inn and it's just so good
3: it's a good one and it introduces a good character as well with the with the uh, faceless faceless nameless faceless, faceless one yeah. faceless one so um yeah i really enjoyed that episode as well so those are our favorite characters during the 2002 series we're going to take a quick break let you hear from a couple of those characters and when we get back we're going to talk about maybe some of the characters that disappointed us a little bit we, we've just been spending some time on what characters were better than the filmation version. We might get into a few that are worse. So stay with
2: us. (laughs) Whoa.
0: Hordak defeated the Snake Man. I never... Wait.
2: Hordak! Hordak was in my dream.
0: Perhaps
1: the past and present, your dreams and destiny, are more intertwined than we know. We must discover how.
2: Defeated. The true prize is now within my reach. The conquest of Eternia. Alright, thanks for sticking
3: with us. It's time to go negative for a second. Mike, we're gonna talk about least favorite or most disappointing characters, or characters that uh maybe went the opposite direction from their filmation counterparts. Um I think there's one that we're gonna have in consensus. I'm interested to see if you have any others. I have a few um offside of that, but let's go over the one that I know we're both in agreement with, and that would be which one Mike King hiss oh no that that's one of yours. Uh, <laughs> I figured we'd go with Orco first. um
4: you know it's funny I did not actually write him down because okay. I felt as <laughs> I felt as the series progressed, he either wasn't around enough right. Or he had moments where he, his character grew. I I think for sure, for me, he's worse than the Filmation version.
3: Um, I just like the filmation one better. I know a lot of people don't like sidekicks and don't like those types of characters and are probably annoyed by Orko in filmation, but Mm -hmm. I actually kind of enjoyed him. I enjoyed him being like the bumbling guy that always got it wrong. I enjoyed the voice of him, even if it's, you know, not for everybody. I enjoyed the fact that, you know, occasionally he would get something right and occasionally he would help out in a plot. He was always right there in the mix. This series, he's either absent or like at the beginning, it's so weird because he's just... I just don't like the combination of the look and the sound and the performance of him. No offense to those doing it, obviously. Um, I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead or anything. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just was not a fan of Orko in the series overall. I could have done without him. I, in fact, I think you could remove him from the series and not much changes.
2: Um,
3: but,
4: <laughs> go ahead. He did have one good episode again, one good learning moment, Orko's Garden. Uh, yeah. I thought that was a good... Teachable teaching time for him. Mm-hmm. Um I just mean like I, in the continuity of the whole over. Right, story, right, you know, right, right. Words. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. This this series is so serious, and Orko is that not necessarily kid character, but he kind mm-hmm. of is. He is, but generally he's the he's the humor, he's the this, he's the that. You're not gonna have a moment where He's in the back of the Wind Raiders. You know, I, I remember this distinctively because I have it in one of our old uh, Powers of Grayscale series ads. It's at the end of it. Like, Orko, what are you doing here? I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you know, I mean, this, this Orko is not that Orko. And this series does not have room for the comedy parts that Orko encompasses.
3: Right. Um, But let's get over to King Hiss, because I know you had mentioned him. I will say that he is my least favorite of the Snake Men. I don't have him written down, so I'll let you take the lead on this one. But why, why the hate for King Hiss?
4: I just... He's an okay character, but again, it more so goes to... I wanted his story to be wrapped up sooner rather than... Like, I would rather... And I know they couldn't have done this because the the series only got 39 episodes. I wish he would have gone into the void. And then we had Hordak back and King Hiss's story would have gone away for a while. And we had Hordak and Skeletor and this, that. I'm not the only... I, I just want to say probably two the only two snake men I actually like are Cobra Khan and tongue Lasher. or you don't like rather I, I like him for his voice because it's Richard it's friggin' Rhinox but right. I, li- I
3: like all I like a lot of the snake men. I like squeeze I like tongue lasher I like rather I like Cobra Khan um, I don't know about uh, snake snake face snake face yeah yeah um honestly if we could have just taken king hiss out and obviously they they, i don't think you can make like rattler the in charge or i don't think you can make one of the other ones in charge because they're all kind of henchmen but let's go ahead and do the crossover that i usually hate just bring serpentor in he (laughs) can be the in charge of the snake men Um, we try to get surpenetors in anyways so
0: hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: So just bring Serpentor in. He can lead him. Boot King Hiss out. But no, I'm with you. I think he should have been thrown into the void. We should have continued with the Hordak story and that would have been great. So I'm fine with uh, King Hiss being listed here. I, I was trying to come up with a, a master that I could put in here. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not saying that it's a least favorite necessary or that they're disappointing or whatever, but I guess if I'm going down the the rankings of all the masters, the one, if I had to boot one out that I could boot out, mm-hmm. it would probably be buzz off. Um, oh, easily. Because anything that you needed buzz off for, we could have just given more time to Stratos for, mm-hmm. and then we just wouldn't have had to have buzz off. So buzz off can buzz off. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would have been fine. Give Stratos some time, or give some other master some time. But if you need to fly in one, we already have Stratos. So I think like the combination of trying to do stuff with Stratos and Buzz Off left me and plus, thinking that Stratos got the shorthand
4: right. And plus, they had the whole thing of Stratos versus Buzz Off, the Andrenids versus the right. Avions, and I'm like, that was fine. Have that episode, but then for that episode, that's all
3: we needed to see for Buzz yeah. Off, everything else could have been Stratos yeah so what any other characters you have written down
4: only because I'm not a spider fan <laughs> i mean not 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 a creepy spider fan i'm not I'm not an arachnophobia film you know nineties film fan mm-hmm. kind of web store Web store creeped me out yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna go I mean, a
3: step further on that one and say not just Webster but i'm gonna cheat and say almost the entire group of evil warriors in this series is a little disappointing um I don't know if it's because we went so fast into the snake men and Hordak and those different stories, or if we had Mm -hmm. enough of, you know, just one off things, but they evil in as the exception, the Mm -hmm. rest of the evil warriors, I felt were made almost to be too stupid, like too bumbling. And I know that there's supposed to be a bit of that but and i know like beast man's not supposed to be smart like i get that for beast man but they made beast man tra- um they made a merman I, that one's really one of the ones that bugs me like they made merman real dumb in this yeah and i don't see him like that i i see like in my vision trap Jaw's not dumb um yeah. he just has a certain trait you know he's the, the you know Mm -hmm. the the guy with a bunch of stuff he can put on his arms he's going to be like you know your every situation guy um and you know triclops is not supposed to be dumb he's supposed to be able to come up with a lot of things and clever things but i just i
4: thought thought triclops had a few good moments
3: i just felt like they just treated the evil warriors in general as kind of bumbling idiots and didn't give them much time um overall like if you were to if you were to like list off the good moments by each of the evil warriors over the course of 39 episodes, you wouldn't have very many. Um, so I was a little disappointed with some of those. I think they kind of pushed them aside to focus on other things. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I do enjoy the fact that evil Lynn has been so elevated above them that yeah. she's not quite on their level, but I would have liked a more of like a, almost like a hierarchy, like instead of evil Lin way up here and then all the other evil warriors down here at the bottom, I would have liked evil Lin, and then, you know, maybe Triclops and then trap jaw and then merman and then be, you know what I mean? Like some type of like each one had mm-hmm. a skill set or wasn't quite as dumb as maybe the other one, but I don't know. Yeah.
4: I'll say this though. I I feel that there are two that do stand out to the point of <laughs> what we got for them was Mm -hmm. better than what we potentially would have, could have gotten from the old series. And that's Too Bad and Stinkor. Their origins, I mean, you know, Odufus, Odifus, whatever his name is, that becomes Stinkor. And then Tuvra and and Badra, or whatever their names are individually, how they did their origins and how Skeletor put them together and, you know, separated them and created the whole separation of 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 the planet and this, that, and the other thing, and tried to get into the light hemisphere, dark hemisphere. all I think all of that is really, really yeah. well done. I so. think if they would have done more of that, that would have been fine. I think what makes me come more
3: hard on the Evil Warriors is more of the presence of two other characters that, for some reason, I didn't mention yet, that also were featured a lot more than they were in Filmation, and that would be Clawful and Whiplash. Oh. Um, and I just think that the combination of those two and Beastman, maybe it was the trio of them, Mm-hmm. And the way they treated Merman that just made me feel like it was like it was like Three Stooges dumb, uh, yeah. At that point, and uh, I feel like he didn't need as many characters to be that dumb. So, um, I Agreed. think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad that they gave them more time, but I just wish they could have done more like what you talked about with with Too Bad and Stinkor, and mm-hmm. you know, even Webster at least got his thing. Like you might not like him, and I'm not a mm-hmm. Spider Man either, but you know, he got his moment but yeah so those are some characters that we maybe didn't care about as much as as uh, we would like to um, we're going to take a quick break and then we were going to come back and shift gears to talking about some of our least and most favorite episodes so stick with us we're going to talk about some episodes next forgive me
2: great Hordak but perhaps now is not the time the clash with the snake man has left our forces depleted that is good counsel Kalix.
3: I so hate bad news. All right, we're going to flip it this time and talk negative first so we can uh end the episode talk with some more positivity. So we're going to go through our least favorite episodes from the 2002 series. Um before you start, Mike, I just got to say like we've done this before for other series and whatnot mm-hmm. It was hard for me to come up with a bottom 5. Top 5 was easy as as easy peasy, like no problem. The bottom five is hard in this series, and the reason is, is because there's not that many bad
4: episodes. <laughs> there's not that many bad episodes, and again, there's only thirty nine versus one hundred and thirty for each of He-Man right. and She-Ra from the eighties. Right. But here, but here's the thing for me: I had what I had a harder time with was
2: well, you had a problem. To-
4: so
3: you might have had a problem with the favorite episodes, I guess.
4: I, I had I had problems picking my number five favorite episode. Okay. Four through one, I, I it was easy. Okay. However, with the with the negative ones, with the ones I didn't like, it was more of okay. I have all these ones that I didn't like. Where do I want to place them, and where do I want to rank them against each other?
3: I as mean, as far was, as
4: like which one is worst, kind right, of right, play? right?
3: It just feels weird to me because I'm going to have episodes that are in my bottom five. That I gave a three two, like that's just <laughs> a bizarre thought. Like just because we had so many episodes to choose from for the filmation version, like your your bottom five is like zeros and ones and one and a halves and twos and stuff like that. Like we're listing off episodes we ranked as as a three, which is an average episode. So it's kind of bizarre to. I'm not gonna like hate on some of these that much, Um but it's gonna be interesting. So what is your number five least favorite episode of this series?
4: Buzz offs pride. Buzz
3: off's pride. I yeah, it hurts. I know it hurts you to say that.
4: I only gave it a through Well, here's the problem. Like, and I'm glad I reached out to Christy Marks because <laughs> she and her husband Randy Littlejohn wrote that episode. I'm glad right. we got the behind the scenes of the someone who wrote on this series wrote an episode and how it was, I don't want to say dictated, but I will use that term mm-hmm. to them about what they, about what the creators wanted them to write. Yeah. And, you know, from what she initially had told us, you know, you can go back to whichever episode of this podcast that buzz offs pride in. I don't remember off the top of my head, folks, right. It's episode uh, and, 20, by the way, episode, what?
3: It's episode twenty of the series. It's that's not what. A podcast no,
4: I I, I mean I mean I mean the podcast episode. Yeah. I don't remember what podcast episode it is that we talked about it, but it's one of those things where it's nice to see that they had issues with doing that episode with he-man being the prideful one and finding a character that the pride thing. And I think it worked with buzz off. They made it work. And I remember us. I remember me saying this in the podcast when we did that, when we talked about the episode, however, it's not an episode when I think of this series that I would ever go back to and watch. So it's one of my least favorites. Yeah. And it's
3: unfortunate that, um, you know, obviously they had the, the, back and forth they had to deal with uh, during that time um, Mm -hmm. because it probably could have been better without that. Um, But yeah, if you want to hear more about that, that's episode 114 uh, where we talk about uh, Buzz House Pride. I had that in the running too as one of mine. Um, I had a real debate going on who was going to be my number five pick for the worst and it was in the running, but I didn't quite go with that one. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with one that you're going to disagree with just just to rile you up, but um, I'm going to go with Episode three, which is the beginnings part three. Oh, Um, come on! This is He-Man trying to save Ram-Man, who is captured, and Teela trying to save Man-at-Arms from Merman. And uh, if you want to go back and listen, uh, this is the first episode that we did in this section, but there's a whole subplot in here with Teela trying to save Man-at-Arms from Merman that is absolutely pointless. Mm -hmm. Um, It does not belong. It is filler in order to make this three-parter three parts instead of two. Um, we talk about it back when we did this episode, but they had enough content for like two and a third episodes. So they stretched it into three episodes by making this episode over bloated, not necessary, and not nearly as good as the first two. <laughs> That's my thought on the beginnings part three. What is your number four?
4: My number four is the deep end. And I had to actually look this one up <laughs> to remember it because if I don't remember the damn episode, but this is the episode where... He-Man must save man-at-arms from the belly of a sea beast. Wait, what did did you just say? He-Man must save man-at-arms from the belly of a sea beast threatening Castle Grayskull. Yep. Yep. I am not a fan of this. Nope. (laughs) It's about as ridiculous as uh, the plot you mentioned in... um, in beginnings part three yeah, it's the same plot yeah that's the same of,
3: yeah uh Tila was trying to save man-at-arms from merman and he was in the belly of a sea beast and then we got he-man being saved by man <laughs> saving man-at-arms from the belly of a sea beast also in episode six happens in episode three happens in episode six oh it wasn't good the first time it's not good the second time <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah i'll get into that in a second
2: um, <laughs> oh
3: boy To back up uh i should have said the beginnings part three was written by dean stefan he did a lot okay. of episodes but that's who was in my number five obviously you mentioned that Chrissy Marks did buzz offs pride the deep end which you just mentioned was written by brooks wachtel yeah. uh, for my number four i am going to go with kevin campbell's episode episode number 36 in the series and that is web of evil Mm-mm. Um Fisto and Man at Arms are drinking in the tavern.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Shooting,
3: shooting the shit. Catching uh-huh. up on all times. They're brothers, I guess. Yeah. Um This is a confusing episode. <laughs> it's not needed at this point in the series. Episode thirty six, it just doesn't belong. It should have been like fifteen episodes earlier at least. Um mm-hmm. there's no skeletor. Um we had Voltron, we had Donkey Kong roller coaster throughout the castle. Um, we had way too many spiders that I don't care for so there was mm-hmm. it was, there was a lot of things involved in this episode and I didn't care for most of them so yeah Web of Evil is just not good it's it's a bizarre episode I don't know what was going on I think Kevin Campbell was drunk or high or, or on acid or something when he did this episode or maybe he had like six episodes that he was working on at the time and they're like oh you were canceling the series so you only can write one And he just decided to throw a whole bunch of shit in this one but it's weird
4: Mm mm-hmm
3: weird what's your number uh three
4: that would be uh, i kind of hate to say this but it is uh it's second skin first of all too much snake men second of all too much snake men pulling a mask where they have to find whatever mcguffin matrix thing you can think of kind of thing and then, you know, turning everybody into snake people and then that rubbing off into man at arms later, because once you go snake, you can't go back, apparently. Yeah,
3: I, I mean, I had a, I gave this one a four. So um, I didn't hate it as much as you. But <laughs> I remember you not liking it. So I'm not surprised yeah. it shows up here um, for my number three. I oh, who? I don't even remember who wrote yours. Um, that would be... Um, you said the second th- skin, right? That's Steve Melching.
4: Second Mil- skin, Steve Melching. Oh, I'm sorry, Steve.
3: Yeah, that's why it's so bizarre that you had that there. Anyways, um, for my number three, I'm going to go with the Michael Reeves episode. This is number 13 in the series. It's called Night of the Shadow Beasts. Um, they yeah. turned the entire episode into a PSA. And they even stop the episode at halfway through to explain it to us, um, the PSA aspects of it. Um, and also, the Shadow Beasts look stupid. Um, they look silly especially from a distance so this I don't need um, a whole lot of PSA in my episodes I certainly don't need an entire episode that is turned into a PSA so I get Mm -hmm. people are afraid of the dark this episode sucked though
4: yeah, And that episode was written by a really, really good animation writer and storyboard and story you right. know, television person, which is Michael Reeves. Right. He's worked on Batman, the animated series, Gargoyles, um, a bunch of other things in the 80s and 90s. I, mean, I think
3: the series could have been – or the series – the episode could have been decent, done a little bit differently, but it just came across so preachy mm-hmm. that um, it just wasn't for me, so – Sorry, uh, Michael. I know you're, you do good stuff, just like Melching does good stuff, and, and Mike listed him. So
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, go ahead. What's your number two?
4: Web of Evil. <laughs> yes. There could have been some other way you could have featured Web Store. Yes. There could have been some other way where you'd have him up against Skeletor or something like his whole thing in this episode is he wants to take over. He wants to rule. He wants to blah, 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 blah. Right. Oh my God. He now has ambrosia. Oh my God. <clears throat> he can now lay all these disgusting spider eggs. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. But yet there's nobody here other than the masters like Skeletor isn't stepping up to him. Skeletor disappeared at this point. Yep. So yeah.
3: Yeah, it's not good. Obviously said no. I agree with you on that one. So, my number two, we haven't talked about it yet. also written by Dean Stefan. again, he wrote so many episodes that he was bound to come up and probably mm-hmm. both parts of this, but uh I'm going with episode number twenty two of the series, and that is called the Island um This is the episode that features Decker, who is um obviously uh a friend of man at arms mm-hmm. um, and we see crabs and claw people against the masters. Uh, we see stupid-looking jellyfish that make no sense whatsoever. Um, but really, it's just the whole fact that this episode just seems completely out of place. This comes between uh, Snake Pit happens right before it, which is the introduction of the Snake be- the Snake Men. Mm-hmm. And then we get this. And then we go back into, you know, eventually, like, the Council of Evil and, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's just like i don't get this episode it's it's weird um i like decker as a character i wish he could have had a better episode but something yeah. just didn't work with this one mm. so island is my number two what is your number one
4: number one would be um everybody heading down to uh cobra commander's place awaken the cobra
3: awaken the serpent huh
4: it was the worst series finale. And I know they didn't plan it this way. This I is the understand. final episode of the, of the series written by Dean Stefan. Right. I know they didn't plan it this way. I know the story was supposed to continue, but again, Cartoon Network is a fickle, fickle bitch that only likes their own stupid animated stuff that they do. You know, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, all that notwithstanding, but all the more recent stuff. I just, I don't like Cartoon Network original right. stuff anymore. And, I remember when I was watching this back in 2002 and 2003, I was like, Oh yay. New He-Man. Yeah. Uh, 22, 23 year old me acting like a four year old, but it's one of those things where I was like, Oh, this is what some things don't change. Hey, now watch it. (laughs) Um, but it was like, Oh, this is really cool. Oh, very cool. You know, again, continuity, this continuity, that story based, this story based, that, these characters are really fun. Awesome. I have more He Man now. Because before this, we had the <laughs> new adventures.
1: Anyway. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
4: And may the man rest in peace. Dean is Dean. Stefan is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the, the hubbub was with this. I don't know why, if it was cartoon network, if it was Mattel, if it was whatever, maybe the toys weren't selling. Cause I, I know you always stand up for the whole, Oh, it's just a toy commercial thing when really it isn't. But a lot of times toy sales do affect animation yeah. at times. So it's one of those things where, I wish we knew the story of why I wish we knew was who was it that made the decision? Because if they had just given us like 45 episodes, if they had just given us a little bit more to get a proper series finale, you know, this is like, you know, sci-fi channel canceling alphas or, you know, firefly only getting one season or something. This just hurts. And for this to be the final episode, it was just underwhelming because it's more snake men stuff that I don't. It, even back then, I didn't care about it, especially now I don't. Yeah, I mean, I get
3: that it's disappointing as a series finale. I still don't think it's that bad of an episode. I gave it a four, but um, I, I do get the disappointment of the series overall ending on that note. So I do understand that. So you had Awaken the Serpent and Second Skin, two of the snake episodes as you're in your bottom five. I didn't have those two. If I would have put a snake episode in here, I didn't have it in my bottom five, but it would have been Rattle of the Snake Men for me. Because that was just like the third time that the Snake Men were looking for another <laughs> artifact to get another bean free uh-huh. and stuff like that. So that was the one that I kind of had uh, timed out on or, you know, basically been ready to tune out on the Snake Men by that point. That was episode 37. Mm-hmm. um so that would have been the one that i put in there but instead um for my number one it's one that's already been mentioned that is episode six written by brooks Wachtel. this is the deep end this is the worst episode in the series to me um real close yeah. to Berlin, but this one's just so bad because we literally three episodes prior had already gotten the story like when they needed more room in, in the beginning of part three so they stuck in a storyline with Merman being inside, or Merman capturing Man-at-Arms, having him inside of a be- a Sea Beast. Mm-hmm. To fill that episode out. And then they kept, and then they clearly stole that from another script that they were going to do. But <laughs> yeah. in that episode anyways, three episodes later, Yep. Like there were some good interactions between Skeletor and Evil Lynn, so it wasn't like 100% bad. I did give it a 2, this isn't like a 1 or a 0 or something like this, but it was just a redundant, not necessary episode that just wasn't done well so the deep end is my least favorite episode and if you were to go by our actual rankings it was the only episode that both mike and i gave a two two we did not give any scores out lower than a two and it is the only episode that we both gave a two to. So, a two so two two um
4: please stop saying that
3: so so that's with that yeah you uh you didn't stick quite true to your rankings sir um I went by I three and under. So I like that.
4: I went by with whatever that photo was that you sent me. Yeah. So
3: <laughs> that's what I went by. <laughs> Cause you had the deep end was your, your only episode. You gave a two and then you had the Island and web of evil, which you gave a two and a half. And then, like I said, we were going to have to rank some threes. So you had a couple of threes in there, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, I had the island and the deep end at a two night of the shadow beast at a two and a half. And then I had to pick a couple of threes as well. So those are episodes I would stay away from, but like we said, some of those are still threes. So it's just a sign that this series overall wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been, or it, it probably benefited from the fact that there was only 39 episodes because I didn't have a whole lot of time to get bad episodes in there. So it's, you know, when you have 130, True. something, you're going to have a little, a few stinkers along the way. So,
4: yeah, and like I said, if they had gotten, uh, they got 39, if they had gotten to at least 6 let's just say two more seasons, 65 episodes in total of the entire series, and worked on the story and realized, oh, this is continuity driven. We don't need a, a one off episode where where Webstore is going to try to take over and no one's going to stop him other than the good guys kind of thing. Maybe we would have gotten more with Skeletor. Maybe we would have gotten more with Hordak and we would have left the Snake Men alone, but there's nothing we can do about that now.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Uh, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk some more positive stuff. We're going to tell you which episodes you should check out. If you only have a chance to check out five episodes of this series, we're going to tell you which ones those should be. So stick with us.
1: Never was there a heart as pure and good as yours, my husband.
2: I must act. You must help me.
1: If you choose this path, there is no turning back and you may perish.
2: And if I do nothing, then all of Eternia shall perish. All right. Thanks for
3: sticking with us. Like I said before the break, if you only have a chance to listen to five or watch five episodes of the 2002 series, this is going to be Mike's and my opinion on which five you should watch. All right. This is a little bit harder for me because there were so many more good episodes um, in this series than there was bad. But... Uh, my ranking system kind of helped because I really only gave five episodes of five, so that was pretty easy for me. You gave like a thousand episodes of five, <laughs> so it's going to be a lot harder for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You have twelve episodes of five, so you had a harder time probably narrowing this down. But what did you come up with your fifth best episode of the series?
4: My number six and number five. Number five is a tie between okay. Mechanix Lament and Sweet Smell of Victory. Okay. I love what they did with Mechanic here. I love that they kind of tie him into Count Marzo in the beginning kind of thing. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a great way to introduce Marzo, a great way to show off Mekinak. I think that's great. Sweet Smell of Victory is just a fun friggin' episode because you have an origin for Stinkor. You have this little character that everybody's looking for that he just wants to fit in kind of thing. And then he, you know, finally just rebels against everything and says, screw it, I'm going to be an evil warrior, and smell is going to be my my evil power. And I just I love that. I thought that was great.
3: Interesting. You did not rank Sweet Smell of Victory as a five when we watched it. I know I didn't. Uh, that was interesting. You gave that one a three and a half, so I'm interested that that, that made it in there amongst your 12 fives. But um, <laughs> uh, Mechanic Lament, you gave that one a five. Uh, I give that one a four and a half. So obviously I'm not going to disagree with that. Right. Um, That was written by Laura Olson and Eric Runnels. Uh, Sweet smell of victory was Kevin Campbell. Uh, But interesting. That's not what I thought was going to be your tie. So. All right. All right. Um, For my number five, I am going to go with episode 21 written by Stephen Melching. And that is Snake Pit. Um, That would be the initial introduction to the Snake Men. Um, we got a lot of Cobra Khan in here. We get the history of Snake Mountain. We get the history of the Council of Elders, uh, its first appearance by Zodak. So there is just a whole lot to enjoy and, and like about Snake Pit. It's also kind of a kickoff or kind of when the, when the tide turned in the series, like from Snake Pit through the end, it's a different vibe. It's a different set of stories for the most part. So it's almost, uh, like i mean it's a new season basically so um i enjoyed snake pit obviously i already talked about how Zodak was one of my favorite characters i like the snake men being involved in this i know it sounds like we don't because we've bitched about king hiss being one of our least favorite characters we rattled off a couple of them as our l- less favorite episodes but snake men overall are good in this series and i enjoy that they're there it adds a lot to the second season so snake pit is my number five what is your number four
4: my number four is... Which,
3: um, by okay. the way, hold on, time out. Uh, Snake Pit, we both gave a five to. So, mm-hmm. it's definitely... No,
4: absolutely. The, again, origin episodes are always good. Origin yes. episodes give us backstory of what we may not have known before or maybe what we've always wanted to know. That's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. The rest of the Snake Man episodes? Yeah, whatever. There's
3: a couple other good ones, but anyways, go ahead with your next yeah. one.
4: Number four for me is Out of the Past. All because right. we get Tila's origin, we get Sorceress's origin, we get this whole cool sorceress story. It's easily the best Tila episode of the entire series.
3: Still a Tila episode, though. That's why I only gave it a four and a half.
4: <laughs> but
3: no, it's a good episode. I'm not trying to right. be too hard on it. Um yeah, Out of the Past is a good episode. I was trying to find out uh, who wrote that one. That would be Dean Stefan. So Yep, Dean Stefan. Um, That was one of the ones that kind of came in at the end, too, with the second season, so to speak. So I enjoyed that one.
4: Episode three of the second season.
3: Yeah. Um, So out for mine, um, I'm going to cheat just like you did. (laughs) And I'm going to go with a tie for my number four pick. And my tie, my tie, (laughs) Um, not the drink, Um, but my tie would be Rise of the Snake Men Part 1 and Rise of the Snake Men Part 2. Um these are episodes 30 and 31, both written by Stephen Melching, so yes, that's three Stephen Melching episodes in a row. For me. <laughs> um, we got the introduction of the Snake Men and Snake Pit, like I said before. In Rise of the Snake Men, though, this is when we get to meet Squeeze and King Hiss and Snake Face and Tongue Lasher. They're finally, you know, basically um released, and this is, like, where we hit the ground running. So I thought this two-parter was fantastic. I had given a five to both parts of it um i know you had only given a five to one of them and you gave a four to the other one but that's still Mm -hmm. pretty good um i just i just think this was a really kind of cool way to continue the snake men story in this and i had not soured on the snake men yet you know we got snake pit um we got a few other episodes we get the two-parter for rise of the snake men and a little bit more and then is i think when it starts to go off the chains a little bit um you know, as we get to second skin and rattle of the snake Men and awaken the serpent, that's when it kind of gets into overkill. But at the beginning there, I'd still think it was hitting on all cylinders. So I like the rise of the snake men two-parter. Yeah, absolutely. What's, what's your number three, sir?
4: That would be, Oh boy. <laughs> that would be the last stand, which technically should have been council of evil part three. It is, but I was so
3: also written by Dean Stefan.
4: Yep, written by Dean Stefan. I was so ready for Council of Evil to wrap up the season and then they cliffhangered it and I'm like, oh really? Come on. Last Stand has one of the best He-Man battles I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. It's just full on He-Man doing his thing against Skeletor, against the Evil Warriors. It's his last stand and it is just so good
3: yeah i was not on the same page with you on this one i gave this one a <laughs> three and a half
1: so, um,
3: didn't even get into my fours but mike liked it so maybe you should check it out um for my number three i'm going to go to episode 32 written by larry detilio, and that is the price of deceit this is um, you you know, it's interesting because they have the beginnings part three, and then you, you know, you have the council of evil, which you said last, Dan, could be a part three of that. Mm-hmm. Price of Deceit could almost be a part three of Rise of the Snake Men because, Absolutely. um, it's a follow up to what happens. And mm-hmm. this is where we go into what we talked about during the character talk about, um, Eva Lynn and, uh, her, you know, the faceless one and uh, her history and, and everything about that. And it's just done so well and, um, it's just cool to see sides of characters that we had never seen before. And I think Larry Dottilio, um crafted a, a great episode with Price of Deceit. Um, you gave it a five as well. So obviously we're in agreement on, on this one. But uh, I think the Rise of the Snake Man combination and then this one followed up with it. Uh, three fives in a row for me. And then they all happen to be on the same podcast episode, which I don't think <laughs> has ever happened for me to have three fives in the same episode. And this was the culmination of that. So I'm a big fan of Price of Deceit. Absolutely. Your number two.
4: My number two is regardless of the antiquated, overused multi plot layer in part three, overall is the beginning. Because, holy crap, I've never seen stories like what we got in the beginning. Like, I mean, I've seen, not with these characters, not with this universe, the fact that we got, you know, Keldor and Randor as brothers. Mm-hmm. And Keldor obviously becomes Skeletor and 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 Kronos becomes Trapjaw and all of this and everything else. I just, I was, I, re- I remember when I watched this back in 2002 when it aired, I was literally glued to my television at the time because I was like, huh? What? Really? They did that? That's the way they're going to do that? Oh, Adam looks so cool. He doesn't look like people put him in some sort of fairy YouTube video or something or other thing. And it just was so, so much of a great opening origin to tell you where these characters come from and how these characters came to be. Are you saying part one, part two or part three? All of it. Oh, okay. All
3: right. I was going to say, because you give them all different radians. So I was, I was
4: just... Yeah, I know
3: um i i agree with part one and part two are pretty good i gave them both fours um sure. I, you were somewhat in agreement you gave one of them a four and one of them a four and a half and then you gave part three a five which is silly yeah. but um <laughs> but I, I don't fault you for liking the beginning of this series overall because it does set the stage pretty well for my number two we disagreed on this one but i don't see how anyone can see this as a bad episode like you did so um i'm going to go with i Last time I'm going with Larry Tilio. This time, this is episode 38, the second to last episode of the series. It's called History, and I loved this episode. Um, We got the culmination of a lot of things here, um, but also a lot of history when it came to you know what went on. We learned a lot about uh, Eternia. We learned a lot about Grayskull. We learned a lot about you know a lot of the characters involved. So. history is easily one of the top two episodes for me overall like when it came down to do this like my number one and my number two were pretty easy picks it was Mm -hmm. just ordering the other three and history came in at number two for me i know you didn't like it but i think you shouldn't rewatch it sometime what is your number one my
2: number one is oh great oracle i seek your help (laughs)
4: Namesake of the podcast, folks.
0: Yeah, you made it.
2: Oracle. what sort of trickery? I journeyed to find great power.
0: You open the box, it contains a sword of power.
2: But this is my sword. I lost it in battle with the snake men. It possesses no great power.
0: No, but you do. You discovered that on your journey.
2: The power of gray
3: skull. Interesting. One of 12 fives that you had. I, and loved uh, this, you picked out one of the 12 fives. I only had six fives. And you somehow picked out the one that I also have at number one.
2: <laughs>
3: so we're both in agreement here. Power of Grayskull number one. This is written by Dean Stefan. It's episode 35. I'll let you take it away. Why did you like this episode?
4: This episode sets up so much that sadly never gets to be explored more.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: We get the, oh, it, you know, and we almost get the fact that He-Man and Adam are separate people. Because, how is King Grayskull He Man's ancestor? If, you know what I mean? If, if Adam never was He Man before this, is he also Adam's? An- I assume. I would assume so, because that's just how lineage works, whatever. But it's one of those things where seeing Eternia's past, seeing Castle Grayskull in its heyday, seeing Hordak for the first time, Mm -hmm. seeing what King Grayskull had to give up in order for things to go the correct way for everybody on the planet. It's just Mm -hmm. such the animation in it is amazing. The the character designs, all of it is so, so good.
3: Right. Another interesting thing that they do with that one is they do have some that are like, basically their counterparts and their, their ancestral counterparts. Mm-hmm. So you have King Grayskull, um you have He-Man, you have, you know, Battlecat, you have, like, hulk lion um whatever that guy's name was um so a lot of them are like what you know you have a sorceress that's almost identical to the other you know etc but but then they also have some characters that are completely different obviously um you know the council of elders isn't like one for one for anybody that we got now um so I, i like the way that they kind of switch that up a little bit but you're right it's just like if you like origin stories if you like continuity if you like history of of characters and things like that then this episode has all of that in spades so um it's unfortunate they didn't get to go anywhere after it, basically, after this episode. But uh, um, yeah, there's only a few episodes left of the series after this. But <laughs> yeah. It was good nonetheless. So we're in yeah. agreement. Number one, how, how the hell did that happen? We both had a top <laughs> episode. So uh, that's bizarre. Let's see what else we have in common or not in common. After the break, we're going to touch on some statistics, talk about some writers a little bit, and some overall scores for the series. We'll be right back.
0: You show courage. ...and strength. It's all inside you, Greyskull. I believe I'm going to gag. Decian, the superhero webcomic. Decian's got superhero antics and sexy girls. For action, comedy, mayhem, and more, read it now at Decian.com. D-A-S-I-E-N.com.
2: Do you like retro cartoons? Then Saturday Morning Rewind is the podcast for you. Join them each month as they talk about classic cartoons and interview legendary voice actors like Jim Cummings.
0: I am the terror that flaps in the night.
2: Corey Burton.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes can be so funny,
2: Rob Paulson.
0: Sure, but... How are we going to find chops our size?
2: Nancy Cartwright and many more.
0: Eat my shorts.
2: So grab a bowl of Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. Put on your hammer pants. Go to SaturdayMorningRewind.com <laughs> And be prepared to feel like a kid again. <laughs> Once again, that's SaturdayMorningRewind.com Saturday Morning Rewind was voted Best Podcast Ever by its host, Tim Nidell. So it's gotta be good. Because the world needs another movie podcast.
3: The GeekCast Radio Network presents, for your listening
0: pleasure, The Cinema Geek.
3: Hosted by Amanda, Kevin, Matt, and Dan.
0: Each week, we dive headfirst in the landscape of movies as we discuss movie news, play movie games, go in-depth on reviews, and even have a top ten countdown or two. Also, don't miss our director retrospective series, where we review noted directors' movies filmed by film. Bottom line is if you love movies and love podcasts, you need to experience the cinema geeks. You can
3: find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, or GeekcastRadio.com.
1: It's Showtime Synergy. The latest review podcast from the GeekCast Radio Network is here. So join TFG1 Mike, Nicole Hailstorm, and myself, Lady Rec, as we will be reviewing all 65 episodes of Joe and the Holograms in a 25-episode long podcast. You can find Showtime Synergy on iTunes and GeekCastRadio.com. We are the truly outrageous podcast that you want to be listening to.
4: I know what we're doing today. Okay, Michael, if we're going to tackle this podcast thing, we've got to do something really special. It has to be cool, daily, in audio form, and undetectable by radar. Something that screams summer. I know, let's do a Phineas and Ferb review podcast. We'll call it the Podcast Organization Without a Cool Acronym, or PALCA for short. What do you think?
2: I think if we're not careful, Candace is going to bust us.
4: <laughs> you can find Pauka on the GeekCast, Radio Network, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, and all of the other methods you find podcasts. Okay, then. Carry on. Fair, talk.
0: Why not just knock with that bonehead of yours?
3: Thanks for sticking with us as we start this, Mike. I want to just go over some that we had in common and not in common when it came to episodes. Just finish up a little bit, talk Mm -hmm. about that. So if you combine our rankings, we had four episodes that ranked a five overall. That would Mm be Snake Pit, which was on my top five. Um, Rise of the Snake Men Part 2, which was on my top five. Uh, The Price of Deceits, which was also on my top five. And The Power of Grayskull. So those were the four that we agreed on as fives. Mm -hmm. Um, Lowest episodes would have been Deep End, which we had the two, and then The Island and Web of Evil, which we both had at two and a half. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Uh, We had one, two, three, four, five episodes that combined at a 4.75, two at a 4.5, three at 4.25, seven at four about another seven at three and then a half and three at 3.25. So a lot of good rankings in there overall. Um, Interesting. When you look at the writers a little bit, I didn't realize this going into it or, or as we went along the way, but there is, you can see a distinct difference between the writing team in the first season and the second Mm -hmm.
4: season. Oh yeah.
3: Um, if you look at the second half of the series, let's just take, for example, like episode 21 on So 21 to 39. If you take 21 to 39, there was only one, two, three, four, basically four writers that did episode 21 through 39, with one exception. Um, the one exception would be Michael Halperin did one episode. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we had Kevin Campbell did two. We had Larry Dottilio did three. Mm-hmm. Stephen Melching did five. And then Dean Steffen did the rest.
4: Right. Um,
3: so that's So if you look at the second half, you're only looking at like four or five names. Yeah. if you look at the first half outside of the first four episodes which were all Dean Steffen, and then he did one more episode later
2: mm-hmm.
3: and Michael Reeves did three um, Larry Dottilio did two William Forrest Claverius did two um, everybody else or Len Uli did two and everybody else did one
2: Mm-hmm.
3: so we had a lot more one-offs um in the first half and that's probably makes sense because we had a lot more episodes that were just about one random character or something of that nature um versus right. the continuing story that we seem to get a lot more in season two it seemed like those people that did more episodes like the dean steffens the larry detilio's the Stephen melchings those were the ones that had the highest ratings right for example Stephen melching if you go with our overall ratings um he did have two threes But then he has a five, a four and a half, a five, and a 4.25. So that's pretty good. Um, I know Dean Stefan did a lot of episodes, but we have a five, you know, 4.75, three times, 4.25 twice, 4.5 once, four twice. So, he had a lot of good rankings as well. Uh, Larry Tilio had a four, a five, a four and a four, and then one, three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those seemed to be the ones that we liked the most. wherein it came to people like Brooke Swochtel, who only did one episode, which would rank as a two. You know, Mark Michael Edens did one that was a three and a half. Christy Markson and her husband did one that was a three. Kevin Campbell only did the two episodes, and they were a two and a half and a three and a half. So, that seemed to be like where we had more of our low rankings, was people that just didn't do as much with the series yeah but I just kind of found that interesting overall when we kind of look at that as far as some other statistics and things that we wanted to give you guys um, basically I just wanted to reveal the overall rankings that Mike and I had for this series we never know how this is going to turn out as we rank these episodes going through the podcast you know we we're ranking them in time as we're doing it with no thought of what came before or what came after it so once we're all done and we tally it up it is kind of interesting to see where we fall
4: Right, uh, and one of the things I wanted to point yeah. out—I should have pointed out at the beginning of this episode—we also do not share our scripts. No, we like you. You craft the scripts for us, but we then put our notes in our favorite and, characters in independently of each other. So we never know right. what. Well, that's why you get reactions like Kevin's horrible reaction to me ranking uh, uh,
2: something high uh, or something low. Beginning. Part beginning three.
4: part three of five which is as it should be
2: ugh.
4: you know let's see even now it's ugh. Yeah. so <laughs> uh-huh. but, and, the, and that's the spontaneity of it i think that's cool i think that's interesting i think that's a good way to do it because you never know again going back to a classic film trope podcasting is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get right
3: And as you can expect, based on the fact that I did reveal that Mike had like 12 episodes that he ranked as a five, um, you're probably going to expect that he had the higher overall rating for this series, which would be true. But it wasn't off by that much. We're going (laughs) to just for math purposes, we're going to round to the second decimal. So I don't have to go into too much detail here. But you gave the series overall. Remember, we're ranking these from zero to five. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike ranking for the 2002 series overall was a three point eight seven. Hmm. All right. Three point eight seven. Not quite enough to get into the fours, but a three point eight seven on a scale of one through five or zero through five is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, mine. So you were three point eight seven. Mm-hmm. I with only five or six episodes that I ranked number five still didn't fall too far behind you. I was at a three point eight one. Oh, so, okay. three point eight seven and three point eight one. Um, I had to round up to get to point eight eight one because I was actually eight zero seven, but regardless. Um, so really, only six tenths of a point um, difference between the two of us. Um, that and is, three,
4: and three point eight seven and three point eight one out of five mm-hmm. is not four, a four, basically. Yeah, I mean, they're all you know, it's not a bad rating at all. No, I mean, it is a great rating. Yeah, so.
3: I mean, you should consider that a two and a half to a three is an average. So we're up to yeah. almost almost four. So that's that's pretty darn good. Yep. So um, that is our rankings overall for the series. I just wanted to give you a chance um, to give some final thoughts on this series. I know we've kind of touched on different things overall, but obviously we enjoyed the series. But what else did you want to say that you haven't had a chance to say about the 2002 series?
4: I watched it twice now in the last 10 years. I watched it like right before we started prepping to do this overall in-depth Powers of Grace Gulf series podcast that we've done I, I you know we were both watching all of these cartoons with the exception of new adventures <laughs> um the th- three out of the four we were both watching at the same time just to watch them cuz you hadn't even seen 2002 until I had originally, I think I had said something about the DVDs, or maybe you got the DVDs from your behind the voice actors people, or what? I don't remember how how you got it, whatever, but like, I've watched it twice in the last decade, and I still love it. I still think it's cool. I still think it's interesting. I still want more out of it. <laughs> uh, I know but, we're not going to get more out of it, but it's if one you're of fan, my um, favorites.
3: Yeah, if you're a fan of continuity, if you're a fan of more character depth and history, backstory of characters, um, and you're a fan of any type of, you know, in general of He-Man as a franchise, then you're going to enjoy this series and you should have already seen it. I guess if I'm going to be a nitpicky, um, the only things that you can find to complain about for me is Mm -hmm. two things. Number one, I feel like Skeletor gets put in the backseat a little bit too much, um, especially in the second half of the series. Um, and then the second thing would be just what we talked about already. Um, partially to blame, probably because it doesn't get its true and fair ending. So who knows what they would have had planned. Right. But obviously hindsight 2020, if we can go back and rewrite this, you know, armchair quarterback Monday or Monday afternoon quarterback or Monday morning quarterback, whatever they call it. Um, we would have rewritten this to have King his be the one that was defeated you know, Hordak would have been the one that was brought back and we would yep. have shifted from our snake man story to Hordak and his minions, um, fighting with Skeletor and the evil warriors fighting with He-Man and the masters. And yep. then in my opinion, at, at the end of the series, overall Skeletor double crosses Hordak or sides up with He-Man for just a brief encounter to defeat Hordak and to reestablish He-Man versus Skeletor. And that's where we would have ended it. Yeah. Um, so that's how I would have done it. But again, they didn't even get the chance to end it. So who knows what their plan might have been if sure. they had one. So right. it's a good series on It's definitely worth watching. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So, all right, that is it for me. I'm going to turn it over to Mike to tell you all the deets about, um, how you can get in contact with us and to tease the future of what we're doing here.
4: All right. So let the teasing commence. We are, We ain't done, folks. (laughs) Nope. We are completing the original journey. Episode 124 will be our film commentary of the 1987 Masters of the Universe film starring Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella as He-Man and Skeletor, respectively. Episode 125, I'm entitling Powers of Greyskull Series, This Was Your Life. This is basically a clip show. However, we will also be comparing and contrasting all four Masters of the Universe cartoon series that are out to this point. Yes. Now, I know there is another one that's already out currently, but again, I'm talking in the way that we were talking about setting this show up a decade ago.
3: Mm -hmm. This show was planned to be 125 episodes.
4: It was planned Um, to be 125 episodes. We will get there and we will actually surpass it. I am going to reveal now in this episode that we will reach 130 podcasts for now. With the potential to get more. With the potential to get more because 126 to 129.5, it's the only way I could get all five seasons in a single episode. It's just a numbering thing, folks. It's not a less episode than anything else. So 126 to 129.5, we are going to review the Netflix She-Ra series season by season. So if you listen to any of the season stuff that Tooncast has done, we're going to talk about the entire season, the characters in each season, the plot lines. We'll have favorites and least favorites and that kind of thing. I will try my best not to be a a diva when it comes to the series, because I'll straight up tell you right now, I watched each of these seasons and I hated the show more and more as I watched. I dreaded Netflix. Yes, I watched all of them. Okay. Okay. I watched four out of the five. I watched the first episode of season five, and then I watched the series finale in season five. So (laughs) I haven't seen the middle part of season five, but I did watch the first four seasons of Netflix Shira when it came out. That's However, I'm to I'm I'm gonna you know originally Kevin was like oh let's do this episode but I said no nah, no I will do seasons we will recover it but no no we need to change that up because there's no I I would basically pull a Kevin. I'd basically pull a U when you were tired of mask. I'd leave. I so in order for us to even do this, he had to concede to do it season by season. And I just think for the Netflix show, that's a much better way of doing it cuz most of the most of the seasons out of the 5 seasons that there are, they're like 13 episodes each. Right. And that's not I don't want 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40. And once we're done with that, depend- we depending. I mean, I this is going to to happen, Motu Cartoon Complete Series Recap for Episode 130, and this is more my thing than Kevin's thing. However, we're both going to do it as long as we both can do it. But it also leaves me open to do it if he's not available. I introduced it with the pull bag eight years ago. I have now introduced it into our new podcast, Studio 2009. I've been, I'm going to. We're going to be introducing it on TuneCast as well. It is called the Origins Episodes. So we are going to have people on here. We're going to talk to you, the fans, you, the listeners, you, the people that have been in the Motu fandom, and we have somewhere between, I think, 25 or 27. We haven't finalized it yet. We have 25 or 27 questions to ask you guys, and we're basically going to turn the podcast into an interview show after episode 130 until we finally get... Some new He-Man cartoon thing, whether it be Netflix, whether it be whatever.
3: The Kevin Smith show. There's Netflix. there's two series. There's two series that are supposed to be airing on Netflix. One of them's supposed to be with Kevin Smith, the other one is not. And if yeah. they ever eventually happen because COVID threw a wrench into the mix, um, we will eventually cover those and we will determine how we're gonna cover those at a later date. Might yeah. be episode by episode as they release, it might be season overarching episodes, we will determine that later. Um but depends obviously-
4: on how good or bad they are.
3: Well, if we're doing it episode by episode, we won't know. So, um, <laughs> in that way, we can get live reactions as they air, maybe. Um, or if they're like Netflix usually does, where they release a season or six episodes or whatever at a time, whatever then it is. That yeah. way, we'll see. Um, just to tease neck or you know, 125 when it comes up, because we talked about we're going to talk about the overall franchises that we've covered mm-hmm. so far and compare and mm-hmm. contrast. Um, just to kind of write the ship, because I've mentioned this numerous times when we were giving our New Adventures episode that I was not compiling rankings, I was not totaling rankings, I was <laughs> <this> overall score... <laughs> Guess what, guys? I lied. Um, I have uh, rectified that. And when I was doing the MOTU 2002 series rankings, I went back and did the new adventure ones as well. So we will have our overall ranking of every series that we have done so far, both Mike and myself. So that'll be coming in episode 125 as well. Did we? Anything
4: else? Thirty actually. 125 is 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 the clip show.
3: Oh, yeah. Whichever episode, we cover everything. Right. All right. Anything else, Mike?
4: I think that's it.
3: All right. Well, take us away, sir.
4: We'll do. Thank you for listening to us as we are the masters of Grayskull for the last time in this episode. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website geekcastradio.com where you can comment on this and all of our other episode posts from all the other written stuff, podcast stuff, everything we do, cinema geeks, talking in circles, altered geek, Basically any other show that isn't me, because my shows suck. Here are all the ways you can listen to us nowadays. Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, the home where our files exist, Spreaker. You can also use any other podcatching client you choose, but I prefer you use those. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. I actually did just check this because I was getting the iTunes links for other promotional purposes social media stuff so people could actually leave us reviews. We currently do not have any new reviews. Follow us on Twitter at GeekCast Radio is the network. Twitter at POW of Grayskull is the show. Twitter. I am at TFG and Mike, what is your Twitter?
3: My Twitter is at Optimus Solo. And if you have comments about any of the series that we've talked about so far, it now would be a good time to send us that feedback. Either send a direct message on Twitter, you know, leave us feedback on iTunes because we should be able to include any of that in the clip show or in the 130 show. We'll try to find a way to fit it in one of those two episodes if you leave it to us in a hurry.
4: Yep. You can also email us feedback at com. So there's that. I got to put that in the,
3: in the, uh, in the, in so the there's table. lots of ways to get in touch with us. So no excuses for any of you. Absolutely. Even if there's only one of you out there.
4: Exactly. I'm looking at you, Tim. <laughs> become a fan on facebook go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network we hope you enjoyed the Grayskull goodness today i finally fixed that typo and don't forget to join us in our next adventure when we will present you with our commentary on the 1987 masters of the universe live action film for now i am tft one mike with optimus solo by the power and for the honor of Grayskull we have the power
2: then let it be done